And now, it's time for Mr. College Football and Friends with Tony Barnhart. Greetings and welcome back to Mr. CFB and Friends. I am your host, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football. Now, last week, we told you that November was setting up to be a great, great month. Well, eight of the CFP top 25 loss last Saturday, and we got three Saturdays left before the playoffs are set. But before we get started, we want to once again thank our sponsor, Mr. John Herson and APBA Games, APBA, the unquestioned king of quality simulation products. You'll find them at APBA.com. Okay, let's bring on the guys. Let's find out what we learned last week. Mr. Blauschen, Mr. Mark Blauschen, the Jersey guy from Situate, Mass. What did you learn last week? Well, a few things. Uh, one thing I learned, I maybe mean, we'll, we'll watch the next couple of weeks, is don't underestimate TCU. They, they, they keep on winning despite everyone saying they're going to lose. And they have three games left now, or, you know, and, and, and no one thinks they're going to win. But they're still undefeated. They're still sitting right in the fourth spot. If they go undefeated, they're going to be there. So that's the one basic thing I learned. Well, Mr. Herb Gould, the Gould standard, what did you learn, my friend? Well, I already knew that the Big Ten West wasn't very good, but we learned, I think I learned that, that the Pac-12, which was tracking for some decent playoff candidates, is now down to one after uh, a couple of upset losses to Oregon and UCLA. It, it's all up to USC now, and, and they got two tough games left. All right, Mr. Tom Lucci, our odds maker, our odds master, whatever you want to call it. What did you learn last week? Well, three things about the Pac-12, Tony. Uh, one, Oregon's eight and one start was largely a byproduct of a weak schedule. Two, Michael Penix Jr. is a darn good quarterback that more people should know about. And three, USC, as Herb mentioned, is the Pac-12's last hope. And if they can get by this final three game stretch. I think they're in good shape because something's going to happen to the top four. They have uh, UCLA this week, then Notre Dame, then the Pac-12 championship game. They would close with three top 25 teams. If they do that, go 12 and one. I, I like their chances. Well, we're going to, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the college football playoff and the, the new rankings that came out uh, <laughs> on Tuesday night. I'll tell you what I learned folks, Tennessee, means business they were told by a few people last week i think i was one of them that said you know what guys you better win your last three games you better win them impressively they hung a big 66 burger on missouri and uh they're sitting there at number five this week in the newest college football playoff rankings missouri i might add guys was giving up 21 points a game fourth in the sec as a matter of fact and they scored 66. So look out, our friends at South Carolina, because here comes Tennessee. All right, so let's get started on our hot topics for the week. The rankings are out. We didn't expect any change, of course. Uh, you know, Oregon lost, dropped out of the dropped out of the number six spots. They dropped to twelve. So LSU and USC and Alabama and Clemson—they all got a little bump. I guys, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think they're like eight teams with a legitimate shot at the playoffs. Let me go through them real quick. Georgia's going to Kentucky this week. They're sitting there at 10 and 0. They're clear number one. Ohio State is 10 and 0. They're at Maryland this week. Michigan, 10 and 0, going against Illinois. Two weeks ago, I thought this was going to be a big game. I don't know now. TCU, we're going to talk about TCU. Uh, TCU is at Baylor. 
I was surprised that they beat Texas last week. Tennessee's sitting there at number five, waiting on somebody to lose ahead of them. LSU has got UAB. USC sitting there at number seven. Alabama, no shot at eight and two. Clemson, nine and one. They got a shot. And Utah moves up into the 10 spot. Mark, let's start with you. What were your takeaways right now? I tell you what, let's do this. Let's start with TCU. You think TCU is legit. They are a legit college football playoff team, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, because of what they've done. I mean, I, I just think that if, if they win their next two games, which they should, I mean, and, and then, you know, went, then beat, beat, I think, Kansas State in the, in a, in the Big 12 championship game, and they're undefeated. They're going to – I mean, the, the committee is not going to keep a, an undefeated Big 12 champion out of the top uh, top four. That's not going to happen this year. Uh, so I think they would be in. But after that, if they lose, then it opens itself up to all the speculation we, we talked about. Now, Herb Gould sent me a very nice note about the University of Michigan and some mm -hmm. of the things that they are doing that a poor, ignorant Southerner like myself – uh, who who likes Tennessee, probably was not aware of. Mr. Gould, tell us that, because I believe that uh, Michigan's non-conference slate is just atrocious. But you tell me there's other things to consider. Well, there are. And, you know, you're, you're like really you have the difference between Michigan's non-conference slate and, and some of your beloved SEC teams Ooh. is a quirk in scheduling. I mean, they play they play their their share of patsies. Michigan just happened to. I'm not really sure the details, but usually it's something fell through and they ended up losing what would have been their mark. Well, they they but bought their way out of the UCLA game, but we won't go into that right now. Well, so. there you go. All right, but they're first in the nation in every defensive category: scoring defense, rushing defense, total defense. They've beaten their Big Ten opponents by an average margin of 22 points. And, you know, you just told us how great it was that Tennessee ran up a score. And yet when Michigan does it, oh, they're not playing anybody. You know, I this is the thing that the SEC does so, so well. When the SEC team beats another team, it's because they're good. When a Big Ten team beats another team, it's because the other team is bad. And, oh. and I'm just saying that this is why I would like to see a playoff system where conference champions advance. I mean, what could be more exciting than to have an SEC championship game where it's winner take all? I mean, would, tell me, Tony, what would be more exciting for, for you to know, than to know that Georgia LSU, one of those teams is going in the playoff and one of those teams is going to another bowl? Well, I, 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 like, I like the fact that both of them could go, uh, if you want to know the truth. And and, th and that's the way it'll be when we get a 12-team playoff. But, yeah, you're right. Her, my heart goes out to the University of Michigan. It really does. I've always felt that way. But, uh, oh, my God. Look, all right, Luch. All right, Luch. Here, here, here's the deal. Let, let's look at the reality of this situation. I'm sitting here breaking it down. All right, here we go, Luch. Georgia beats LSU. All right? So LSU is out. Georgia is in. Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Michigan wins the Big Ten. Doesn't matter. Big right. Ten champion is in. TCU goes undefeated, and they're in. Here are your choices for the fourth spot. 12-1 USC, 12-1 Clemson, the ACC champ, 11-1 if it's, if it's Ohio State, Michigan, 11-1 Tennessee. You, from what you said earlier, it sounds like you would lean towards the 12-1 and 1 
USC. Well, Bob and I had a conversation earlier. To me, being a conference champion matters, especially if they're 12 and one, they'd be three straight top 25 teams to close out. That would weigh, and listen, I'm not a USC cheerleader. They're way too hot for me. But, uh, you know, I, I just think based on that, based on the schedule, they have, you know, they have one loss. If they close out with three top 25 wins, Pac-12 champion, I would have a hard time putting Tennessee in over them. I really would. That Whoa. would bother me. But you know what's going to happen, Tony? We're going to get three SEC teams in. Well, it's going to be LSU. Uh, it's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Tennessee. And it's going to be here, here's what I, State Yeah, but here, here, here's what I told somebody earlier today. Would Tennessee have a case to be in? Yes. But you know, darn, you guys know darn well, they're not going to, they're not going to leave a 12 win conference champion team out so they can put in a third team from the Southeastern conference. That's it just, my feeling. But Mark Blaschen, they, back me up on this, Mark Blaschen. There, you know, the people on this committee, they're not, they're not going to put three. They, I'm, I'm not saying Marty. it's what they should do. They're not going to, I just on general principle, they're not going to sit in that room and say, do you realize how badly we're going to get crushed? If we put Tony, three I, teams I, from the I, southeast, I, I love you to death, Tony, but you're hundred percent wrong. I told you, Tony, he's not backing up on this. I talked to th I talked to three people, three three people, including cool past committee members we both know, who swear up and down that they said that when the when the shooting stops, the, the conference affiliation stopped, they want the four best teams. They are they were hundred percent convinced that if Tennessee is regarded better than 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 a conference champion, it gets in. The conference champion uh, thing is a tiebreaker if the if the two yep. teams are even. All else being they don't equal. think Tennessee. They yeah. don't think Tennessee and are even. But what has changed? I mean, when when we had uh, the bowls picking teams, we all said this is silly. It shouldn't be some guys sitting in a room picking teams. It should yeah. be decided on the field. And that's why it should be conference champions. And, and you know, I know what you guys are saying from a, a practical reality standpoint, but I'm sitting here and looking at it and I'm saying Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, and USC, and give or take if Georgia or Ohio State loses. Well, we're conference champions. That's I'm the way you. it should be. There shouldn't I mean, be all this listen, selecting well, in the back room. I am with you, Herb, on that. I'm with you. Here's what I'm going to say. And I'm going to repeat it one more time. If USC closes out with three straight top 25 wins, right. 12 and one is the Pac-12 champion, I don't know how they're going to find a way to get Tennessee in, especially since Tennessee is going to have that big win over Vanderbilt at the end of the year. Absolutely. The big win over Vanderbilt and the big win over South Carolina, Missouri. Don't, don't forget those. Okay. And the Absolutely. big win over... Over over yes. LSU and a big winner over Alabama. Oh, right. yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, right. Right. LSU, two loss Alabama. Okay. All right. Yeah. The, the other part we leave out of this is the SEC conveniently only plays eight conference games. They're they're so good that they don't even want to risk playing a ninth conference game because they know <laughs> that they've got this system all figured out. Herb, yeah. Herb, Herb, can I interrupt you, Herb? Michigan, Colorado State, Hawaii, and Connecticut are the three non-conference wins. Are you kidding me? Come on. Samford and Kent State. Okay, so they had one Oregon and they, they brought them into their house. And, and when well, you're, for, when you're is, forgetting Georgia Tech. When I mean, come on. Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Another, another scenario, another argument. scenario. All right, here we go. All right. LSU beats Georgia. All, all right. right. Both uh, agree or disagree? 
LSU beats Georgia. LSU's in as the SEC champion at 11 and two. You're not going to leave the SEC champion out. Georgia's been number one all year, pretty much. They get in at 12 and one. So you get Georgia and, and LSU in. The Big Ten champion is going to be in. That's three. So who in the world are you going to take at number four? I say, well, we know what Tom Lucci says. If, if, if USC finishes with three top 25 wins and they win the Pac-12, 12, 12 and one, do Mr. Lucci, do they get in? You're telling me they would get in over a 12 and one Tennessee. Oh, it would be 11 and one Tennessee. Cause they excuse would have me. The, 11 and one. Tennessee. Yeah, they would have the, they would have to me again. Another argument is why give the team a reward for not playing. Right. Which is what Tennessee would get. I'm not saying they're not deserving. My, I'm saying for, this is a bad year to have four. <laughs> well, here, well, here, here's the thing though. And, and Mark, our, our sage, Mark Blauschen says, when you sit there and you're sitting on the committee, it's not supposed to be the most deserving team. It's supposed to be the best team. And what Tom Lucci's who knows are, what the best team is? Let them play. The other part is how many times have we ever had a two loss team in the tournament? How many times? Never. Why are we just LSU would be LSU the first. In, this is the thing. We, we assume that, oh, well, Georgia's great. And, and I'm really surprised, Tony, that you keep talking about LSU beating Georgia. Why are you so so excited by that prospect? Well, I'm not excited, but I'm just telling you what would happen. I, first of all, LSU's not going to beat Georgia. Georgia's going to beat LSU. But, but the thing about it is, if LSU does beat Georgia, the nervous, the nervousness, the overnight nervousness of, of friend, our friends in the other conferences would be very high entertainment. Off the charts, yes. It, 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 would, be, well, it would be, but that's why I, the system I, I, is so... The system is so wrong. If if LSU beats Georgia, Georgia got beat. You know, it doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, the Yankees were the best team all season, and they got beat. You know, if well, you lose, you coach, got I, beat. Coach, all I can tell you there is in 2017, Alabama didn't play. They got in and won a national championship. Last year, Georgia got beat in the SEC championship, made it anyway, and they won the national championship. So, <laughs> must be doing something right. And must be doing something right. All right. Guys, any, 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 but we know this story for USC. We know the story for LSU. Alabama's got no shot. Mark Blashen, you follow, you follow the ACC. What's Clemson's argument at 12 and one? What's, what's Clemson's argument at 12 and one only lost to Notre Dame, right? Uh, only lost to Notre Dame. So what, what's their argument? What's their argument for getting in? Do they have an argument over a 12 and one USC? Do they have an no. argument over an 11 and one Tennessee? I, I, I don't think so because they've got no quality wins. I mean, they should be happy with the orange ball. I mean, that's what they're going to get. Yep. Clemson, North Carolina winner will get the orange ball and, and be happy with it. I think I don't see them being a serious uh, 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 dis- discussion in the matter when you compare those other teams. And then in this case, uh, Lucy's going to present right. USC would be, would be far more, uh, powerful with with three top twenty wins. Clemson doesn't have that. Clemson, and here's yeah, here's the tiebreaker. Clemson can never get in over USC because USC would have beat Notre Dame, and Clemson lost to Notre Dame. End of discussion. Good stuff. All right, let me move on. I'm I'm, ta- I'm taking way too much time here. Good good stuff. Good stuff. Coaching carousel. We've still got seven openings. Uh, looks like. Uh, 
Shane Lyons gets fired at West Virginia. If I'm Neil Brown, am I a little bit nervous today, uh, Tom Lucci? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't think that uh, last week beating Oklahoma uh, changed anything. They're still uh, four and five or four and six. So yes, absolutely. They're uh, he should be a little bit nervous. Well, I got another spot here. We're going to start something new, guys, for the rest here. We're going to call it the Jimbo Fisher Mem uh, Misery Index, where we're going to weigh the misery of Jimbo Fisher. Here is the one that I like. He loses a game to a, a guy who's been a head coach for exactly two games, Cadillac Williams. They beat Texas A&M at Auburn, team that had fired his coach. Ten Jimbo Fisher has been eliminated from bowl consideration before Vanderbilt. How bad is, is that? And he, and here's my last, my favorite one of all Jimbo Fisher makes $700,000 a game based on his contract around nine or $10 million. Cadillac Williams, the guy that just beat him makes $29,000 a game. I mean, is this Herb Gould? Is this a great country or what? It's something, you know, I never really understood the Jimbo Fisher uh, fan club. You know, I mean, good coach, but not 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 at the a level of that he was going to be paid at by Texas A&M. Um, yeah, it's just pretty boggling. Um, and yet, is there any there's really no thought about a buyout for Jimbo Fisher? No. I, I would hope. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's not the, it's going to be a most uncomfortable offseason. The quality of life is is not going to be very good. Oh, oh, Herb, I cannot leave the coaching carousel and the coaching notes. Your boy, Kirk Ferentz, he did it again. A grand total of 142 yards of total offense against Wisconsin. They returned an interception for a touchdown, had a 41-yard punt return to set up another score. How does Kirk Ferentz do it? What a magician he is. Well, well, he is, and how does he keep, you know, it's gotten to the point where Brian Ferentz, his son, the offensive coordinator, Kirk Ferentz is not doing his son any favors by keeping him in that job. I really think he should kind of quietly move, help him move somewhere where he can establish some coaching credentials because when Kirk retires, which is going to be sooner than later, Brian's, Brian's uh, resume as offensive coordinator of Iowa is just not going to look real good. I mean, that, that game was, I, I had the, uh, uh, I don't I wouldn't call it the pleasure, but I, I, I stayed and watched that because I was shocked and could not believe that Wisconsin couldn't at least figure out something to move the ball. But yeah, that, that offense at, at Iowa is unbelievable. Well, if we had more time, Herb, I would let you explain all the tiebreakers in the Big Ten West right now. But since we don't have an extra hour and a half to do that, I won't ask you to do it. But four teams tied at four and three. Oh, my goodness. That's why everybody's doing away with divisions. Okay, okay, we got to move on. Got We got to have our session with our man, the locksmith. Hey, locksmith. You went five and one last week. Way to go. Heating up. I told you, like the, like the couple of yep. games, Washington, TCU, but all getting points and they won outright. Just in time as it gets cold. Well, let's, let's look at your list of fascinating Iowa plus three at Minnesota. We need to, we need to over and under how many yards are going to get in this game, but you, yeah, you, you like thought, Iowa plus three. I do with their defense. I, you know, I'm not a, a big fan of anything that Minnesota's done this year. I, I mean, uh, during their three-game winning streak, the teams they've beaten are a combined eight and twenty-four. 
We know how bad Iowa's offense is, but they find ways to win. So uh, I, I can see them winning this game outright, getting three. All right, getting three. Wake Forest minus 10 against Syracuse. Wake Forest is, I thought they were, they've had a they, good and bad, good and bad, good and yeah. bad. You like, but you like, that's, that, that seems like a pretty big number right there. Yeah, but Syracuse is in free fall. They've lost four straight. And, uh, you know, Sean Tucker's just, uh, their running back has uh, disappeared. And, and I did, I was encouraged by what I saw from Sam Hartman last week. I thought he bounced back, four touchdown passes. He did have the one interception, but it was late. Uh, you know, I, I know Wake's defense is terrible, but I don't think Syracuse's offense can take advantage of that. TCU minus two and a half at Baylor. This is an intriguing game right here. I think Baylor's been disappointed by their standards, but Dave Aranda's standards, uh, two and a half. That's uh, that's an interesting that's an interesting number for that kind of game on the road. Yeah, I, listen, I'm sure Baylor's going to be fired up to play this this game. They were embarrassed last week. You know, um, it's just why are people discounting? I like TCU last week getting seven, and I thought they dominated Texas. It was 17-3 before the fumble return. Uh, I don't know why people are discounting uh, TCU. They've shown they can win on the road, and they've shown that they can play defense. So uh, I'm not giving up on them. I, I don't trust Baylor, and I do, I'm starting to trust TCU more. Uh, this is one you and I definitely agree on. I like Utah. You like them plus three at Oregon, at Outson. Yeah, I, I just, uh, again, I, I think Oregon uh, was a byproduct of the schedule. Uh, you know, Utah's won four straight, including the one-point win over USC. Um, and Cameron Rising said that Utah quarterbacks having a nice year. They did beat them, I think it was 38-7 last year. I know this game's at Oregon, but uh, in, when it comes down to coaching, you give Utah a big edge there in this game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Two teams who have confounded me all year long, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State gets three going to Boomer Sooner. I thought it was seven and a half, but I'm going to look. We're going to have to check that. Please do. All right. I'm going to check that. But anyway, I still like Oklahoma State. I, I thought it was interesting last week that Mike Gundy had to bench his son, uh, quarterback, because he wasn't playing effectively. They brought Spencer Sanders off the bench. He threw the game-winning touchdown pass. Spencer Sanders is supposed to be healthy this week. Uh, I, I just – you don't know what to expect from Oklahoma. That, that loss to West Virginia could be uh, the, the game that determines them not going to a bowl, not going to a bowl. Uh, they're in a little bit of trouble right now at 5-5. Five and five. Well – Two or three weeks ago, if you'd have given me Illinois in 18 against Michigan, I would have jumped all over it. But I don't know what has happened to the fight in the Lion Eye. Uh, that's a lot of points, but uh, you like Michigan, given so who, the 18. Who hasn't Michigan been burying, Tony? I, you know, I mean, uh, I just don't know how Illinois' offense, they have a great running back. Chase Brown's a great running back. Michigan might have a better one, Blake Corum, uh, you know, and, and Michigan's doing it on both sides. I just, I fear for Illinois having Tommy DeVito have to play quarterback against that defense. Mm. And it's at Michigan. You so know, I don't let, think let they're going to get caught guys, looking ahead. Know, Chase to Brown. Me, that's 38 3. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we could say Chase Brown had a pretty bad injury last week. They say that he's looking better for Michigan. Yeah. The, the Illinois running back, a terrific runner, but. But it, that looked like a really nasty. Well, I, I saw it today, right Herb. Leg. They said he's expected back. Well, I know, but you know, when he being back and being, you know, being Effective. back to yep. what we saw from him, another reason to like Michigan. 
Michigan. <laughs> exactly. That, yeah. I like your picks this week. Tony. All right. Well, let, let's let's take take a few others for the rest of the panel before we uh, before we move on. Blau, I'm asking you. USC going to give two and a half as they go across town to play UCLA in a game that uh, Mr. Lucci's already told us. It's a vital game, not only for USC, it's a vital game for the Pac-12 conference. Who wins this one, Blau? I think USC. I mean, I I, I would like to see what the over-under is on that, probably 89, because I don't think any, either team plays defense. But I can't see USC. Uh, I if it's a field goal game, USC still covers. So I think USC wins, and they have more to play for. I mean, they they're obviously playing for the to get into the into the Final Four, and then according to Lucci, they will be there. Herb Gould, I got to yeah, ask Kansas yeah, State. Kansas, yeah, I was going to say Kansas State, uh, given seven and a half against West Virginia. What's what is what's got to be the mood in that West Virginia locker room coming off an Oklahoma win? Yeah, that's a weird situation. You know, I mean, I, I think that uh, it's just. Kansas State's they're playing good football right now and, and you know they're tracking for that that conference championship game. Well, I will say this over in the SEC, this game absolutely fascinates me. Arkansas getting two and a half against Ole Miss at home against Lane Kiffin. Common sense would tell you to pick Ole Miss. I've got a feeling about Arkansas. They had a tough game last week against LSU, Ole Miss and Lane Kiven are down after losing to Alabama. I'm going to take Arkansas and the two and a half and see if they can win. Now, uh, one thing I want to do before we, we, we blast out of here, I asked Mr. Lucci to help me out with the Heisman odds. He educated me on this. When you look at these Heisman odds and you see plus 140 for C.J. Stroud, that means make sure I'm doing this right now, Lucci. You bet a hundred bucks on C.J. Stroud you and he wins and you win 140. Yep. Hendon Hooker plus 350. You bet 100 bucks on Hendon Hooker and yep. you make 350. So how am I doing so far? You're doing well. All right. So th there we go. So guys on this list, who, it, Stroud is obviously the leader right now. <laughs> He's putting up some tremendous numbers uh, that you can see. Uh, I will start with you, Blau. Of uh, this list of Heisman folks that we're looking at, who who do you like right now? I I I I don't like anybody right now in terms of a front runner because I think we got to wait until championship game. I mean, I mean, I maintain and I will always maintain that the championship game winner, winning quarterback, will be the will be the uh, or the best player on that team will be the Heisman winner, whether it's Georgia, Ohio State. I mean. Now, I mean, even Michigan could, you know, Michigan somehow wins the Big Ten championship. I mean, they go that way. So I, I, I that's, I don't see, I don't see a non-champion Heisman winner this year. Herb, you like C.J. Stroud? You like somebody else? No, you know, I, I agree totally with what. But if you'd asked me first, I would have said the same thing that Blau just said, which is, you know, the guy who wins his championship game, and also if if, if multiple guys win championship games, the guy who shines the most. Um, because, you know, you could throw a blanket over those top three or four guys. They're all terrific young players. Yeah, and how about Drake May from North Carolina? My goodness, 3,412 yes. yards. He is having a heck of a year. I mean, slowly, very quietly, Mac Brown is, is, is nine and one and got a chance to play Clemson for the ACC championship. I, I, I've been a little bit surprised by this one, Mr. Lucci. 
Well, it's uh, it helps playing in the ACC, Tony. Uh, and by the way, and by the way, Mark, the over under on USC UCLA is seventy six. Just in case you I were interested. Um, I mean, over. Listen, it, to do, I will give him credit for this. To do what he's doing with a freshman quarterback is yep. just phenomenal. Now, what the, what happens when they meet Clemson? Not that this is a great Clemson team. If that's the uh, that's the ACC championship game, uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, he's doing a phenomenal job this year. And again, just look at the schedule, though. We always look at the schedule, no question. All right, let's let's wrap it up, guys. We'll end it right here. But let me ask you this: What's the biggest question going into this third Saturday in November? What what? Mark, I'll start with you, Mark Blaustein. What what's the biggest question you've got about Saturday? If TCU can survive another week, yeah, yeah, no, that is true. I think that's what everybody's going to be looking at. Herb, what catches your eye? What are you interested well, in? Well, what I'm going to say first is I'm going to watch a little bit of Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Iowa, Minnesota, so that nobody else has to. But <laughs> I really want to see USC. I want to see USC and, and UCLA. From what I hear, they're going to have like a sold-out Rose Bowl. And, you know, all those stories about UCLA not drawing in the Rose Bowl, you're going to have an electric atmosphere. And, and with as we've discussed, I mean, this is a huge game for USC. And, and and that makes it a huge game for UCLA as the rival. I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see what that game looks like and how it plays out. Two fun quarterbacks too, Herb, playing in that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just want to see if USC can handle that pressure. That's an amazing story for Lincoln Riley if, if he walks his team into the playoffs. Tom, what's the big question for you? Just see if Ohio State, and Michigan, keep their eye on, pay attention to business. You know, because uh, you got that game coming. So uh, they should, they're both heavy favorites. They should both win easily. But having said that, when teams are supposed to win easily, that doesn't always happen when you got that big, big game looming, you know, the next week. So we'll see. Well, down, down in my part of the world, everybody's going to be looking at the, 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 the conference games. Eh, they're okay. They're not much. But everybody wants to see what Cadillac Williams does in his third game at Auburn. Does he win? They're going to they're going to win the game. Western Kentucky is coming in. Not a, not a bad team, but they're going to win. But how much momentum does he he got a lot of momentum coming out of that Texas A&M game and there are people who sincerely want him to get the job. I don't think that's going to happen to be perfectly honest with you. Uh but the fact the fact is is he is he has rallied that community and rallied that team. So just just keep your eye on what the uh, what the atmosphere is like. Hey Tony, coming. if they could pull Jeff Saturday from the TV booth to win a game in the NFL, <laughs> anything's possible. You're right. Anything is possible. We we shall see. Lane Kiffin is the guy they want. Okay, I think everybody understands that. So we we shall see. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And then before we go, we want to thank our sponsor, APA Games. You can find them at apbagames.com. They have supported this show for a long time, and we really appreciate Mr. John Hurston. Please remember our website, TMG College Sports. It is si.com slash college slash TMG. Mark Blauschen's Newsmaker of the Week is there. Uh, the, our team makes their picks on Friday. I do a sweet tea with Tony B. It's a monologue that I've had a lot of fun doing. Hope you'll check it out. There's just a lot of good stuff from our guys on the website, so please check it out. Thanks to our technical staff of David Amaral, Sheila Dufresne, and Maria Barnhart. Have a great week 12 of college football for Mark Blaus and Herb Gould and Tom Lucci. This is Tony Barnhart. 
Thanks for joining us on Mr. CFB and friends. Be safe and carry on.